Live from New York, it's Ask an Engineer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Ask Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer with me, Mr. Lady Ada, on camera control. Uh, we're broadcasting live from downtown Manhattan. That's where the Adafruit headquarters is. That's where we do all of our kidding and manufacturing and videoing and blogging and coding and making all the goodies that you love to make your electronic dreams come true. For the next hour or so, we're going to check in uh, what's new, what's happening, videos, Python, NPI, Top Secrets, and more. Got a fun-packed show, Mr. Lady, to tell them the code and then tell them what we're going to be talking about tonight. On tonight's show, the code is POWERBFF, 10% off an Adafruit store all the way up to 11.59 p.m., including all the free stuff that you get. Use it or lose it. Adafruit Live, a bunch of shows we did. We just got off the air from Show & Tell, amazing Show & Tell tonight. We had, well, we'll talk about it soon, from the tiniest things that you can see through a microscope to wearable LEDs. There was a lot of cool stuff this week. From Desolate Data, we'll be a little recap in from the great search and things we show over the weekend. Time travel, some site news, some updates from Adabox and more. We got some advanced manufacturing, made in New York City factory footage. We got a 3D printing speed up from Noam Pedro. We've got some Ion MPI. This week is brought to you by DigiKey, of course, but it's NPS. We'll show and share that. Got some top secret, cool little hack that you can do with the Memento camera from Brent. Some new products. I'm going to answer your questions. We do that on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, discord.tg slash Adafruit. That's where we do it. All that and more on, you guessed it, Ask an Engineer. Dun, dun, dun. So um, code is PowerBFF, Lady Ada. What type of free stuff do they get? Okay, we're still giving away freebies. When you order from the Adafruit shop online, we give you free stuff. $99 or more, you get a beautiful PCB coaster with a gold Adafruit logo and four little bumpers. Keep your hot drink or cold drink off your desk to uh, keep it hot or cold and protect your desk. 149 or more orders, get a free KB2040. It's a pro micro pinout compatible microcontroller board, but it features the RP2040 chip that runs uh, dual Cortex-M0s. It's got eight megabytes of flash, USB-C, two buttons, NeoPixel, STEMIQT. So it's great for kind of general purpose microcontroller projects, um, but also keyboards. 199 or more, we get free, you get free UPS ground shipping in the content of the United States. It's trackable and it's insured and it's UPS. And tune in down no more. We're still giving away the Circuit Playground Express, our favorite all-in-one development board that's round and has capacitive touch and 10 NeoPixel LEDs and buttons and sensors. And it can run Arduino or code.org CS Discovery or MakeCode or CircuitPython. Uh, so it's a great way to get started with electronics and learning the code, but you don't need to do any soldering whatsoever. It's just out of the box, ready to rock. Okay. And uh, all that's available in addition to, um, don't forget, the code that supports us, an open source hardware company. Um, no venture funding, no loans. Uh, we're doing this on our own. We put everything out on the internet for free. Um, buy some electronics that'll keep us going. We very much appreciate it. Okay, we do live shows. And on our live shows, we just got off the air a moment ago. We were hosting Show and Tell. Um, this week, Jay from DigiKey stopped by with um, a really cool robot binary that blows bubbles. I love um, that. Yeah. I was not expecting it. It's a it. robot friend. Very, very cute. Very nice. Very interesting robot that you can um, probably see in person in some events. Um, but also you can tune in to show and tell and see what Jay's up to. And then um, Scott showed off some of the latest with CircuitPython 9. Yes. And you can watch Deep Dive this week if you want to see more of that. And then JP showed some cool time-lapse 
that you can do with the memento camera talk about like camera hacking yeah it's a hackable camera Erin showed off some very cool WLED projects um, that she's been working on. And then we saw some Sun and Moon Couture um, fashion show, uh, incredible real-time updating of clothing that were LEDs. Um, absolutely amazing. And then we saw um, an electron, an ion, an ion yes, microscope. Electrons getting microscope. Yeah, an ion microscope if you want to see um, a whole punched into a FPGA really close. Yeah, absolutely they can, amazing. Like, they can etch graphics on. They designed an open source board for yeah. controlling uh, these absolutely incredible. microscopes. And yeah, and it looked great. It was super cool and all written in Python. Yeah. Um, so I'm psyched to see, I've, you know, we haven't seen uh, these devices in quite a bit. So I'm glad they came back and they're like, no, we got them all working. Yeah. So show and tells every week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And you never know what's going to be on the show and tell. This is what it's amazing. It's like a mini maker fair. It's a, it's a science fair. It's uh, some weeks we get retro stuff. Sometimes there's um, uh, folks that have been working on things for over a decade. Um, there's also kind of the latest, if you want to see a preview of what's going to be in New York Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, all those things are in the show and tell. So if you have stuff, come on by. Um, you can watch you know, 10 plus years of uh, show and tell on any place that we post videos. And it'll give you an idea of what's there. Everybody's welcome. Come on by. Yeah. On Sundays, we do from the desk of Lady Ed. It's in two parts. And the first part is from Lady Ed's desk. What did you show off this week? Okay. I shot off a bunch of upcoming designs, um, which, you know, are I've, I've just been cranking through um, stuff I couldn't make for the last couple of years because of the part shortages. And so old designs um, are getting, uh, you know, kind of a fresh scrub and getting back into uh, Eagle Cad into the shop, maybe. So the first one was uh, a board based on the LT. Uh, 4316. It's a really interesting chip that does on-the-fly I2C address translation. Um, so you plug like I2C in and out, and the device will magically appear under a different I2C address. So make a little breakout for that. Um, and then I made uh, two breakouts for analog switches that are I2C controlled. One is quad um, SPST, and one is uh, octal SPST, I think. And then I also did one that's a um, analog controlled, like a digital signal controlled analog switch, but can do 12 volts. So that was by request. All right. And then we do the great search. That's when Lady users are powers of engineering to help you find things on digikey.com. Lady, what was great search this week? Okay. So this week, um, because we were talking about uh, analog switches and, you know, like I said, we had a request for an analog switch that could be um, digitally controlled with a pin, just like high and low to switch SPDT, like between a common and a normally open and normally closed, but it had to support 12 volt, uh, analog, uh, level signals. So not five volts, which is what the common, uh, analog switches do like the I2T ones they showed off, but, uh, higher voltages. And so I showed how to find that on DigiKey. Um, and we found one and then I showed off the design and I also showed some design, some chips that wouldn't work because they were TTL, sorry, they were CMOS level, not TTL level. Um, and so I wanted something that could be controlled from a 3.3 volt microcontroller. Okay. And on Thursday is JP workshop. You can stop by and see some of the camera stuff that JP is working on. And on a Friday, it might be Scott or to be foamy guy. One of two, deep dive, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can tune into learning all about kind of what goes into this big thing we like to call CircuitPython. Um, time travel. Good timing. Someone What's the latest with Adabox? I am glad you asked because we, wow. we have 
an Animox update. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, what? No, sorry, I thought we were doing something else first. But yes. We were, but they're... they're but I, I, I get a twofer. It's a live show. So if you go to adabox.com, you can see the latest update. We've been shipping out batches of Adabox, so we've been able to get back to shipping Adabox. It has been a long, 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 long road because of the part shortage. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of Adabox subscribers. So good news, though, is we don't charge until we ship out your Adabox. So when we ship your Adabox, if there's any issue with the payment or the address, we will contact you. Um, we got some out at the end of 2023, which is just feels like a couple weeks ago because kind of was. And then we got out our batches um, in January. So we are shipping. Keep an eye on adabox.com. We can't tell you your place in it yet. Just know that we're shipping all these as fast we'll as we possibly can. We'll ship them all. But be sure to update your address and your credit card payment. Make sure it's valid. So get ahead of it. Yeah, we can do that. Otherwise, there's gonna, you know, it's going to be delayed a couple more days as, as you get the notification and didn't go through and update it. Better just do yeah. it now if you want to make sure that you get it. So it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And thanks for your patience. And, you know, we totally understand. Some folks are going to say, like, I don't ever, I don't want to wait. I don't want this. Great. We have so many signups that we can't accept any more Adabox subscribers until some some people go. So if you don't want to do it, it's totally okay. If this is not your thing, it's totally okay. Totally fun. No, no hard feelings. One day yeah. we'll be able to expand how many subscribers we have, but we are still recovering from... You know, a couple years of having to redesign everything. How many redesigns are you up to? Six hundred and thirty-seven. Yeah. Thanks for asking. So, um, yeah, PCB thesis. PCB of thesis. <laughs> no, I really haven't. I've redesigned every single board, so I don't even know. This is not really the same Adafruit that yeah. we were. This is a different one. Yeah. So there's some boards, for instance, we have to re get different suppliers for almost every part. Um, Ada boxes. We have the next few lined up. So we should be able to ship on, you know, our quarterly basis. But thank you, everyone who's stuck around. Um, you know, these are the folks that kind of are into the world of electronics, so they understand. We don't want to quit doing it. Um, we wanted to keep doing it. So that's the latest with Adabox. Yes. Um, speaking of, if you log into your account, by the way, um, you'll start to notice we have more security features. So when you log into your account, you will get an email that says, hey, you've signed into your account. If anything sounds weird about this, like you didn't, please let us know. And here's a bunch of instructions. Um, Y'all probably use lots of online sites. This is a pretty common security feature. Um, you're going to hear about this more and more and more. Every single week, there's another, you know, 5 billion login and passwords leaked out, malware, all that stuff. Um, there's no security issues on Adafruit. It's just people use their login and password on multiple sites. And then those login and passwords go into the dark web and giant and the latest one was called the mother of all breaches, 9 billion login and passwords. And so there's it's like more than the number of people on earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people, they have, they have two logins. That's just funny. <laughs> it's like, so one of the things that we want to do though, is if, if your account is logged into, you should get a notification. So that's what we added. Just a security feature. So when you see it, that is what it is. We also have a guide with all this on there. So you can see it. Um, you can turn off these notifications. I don't think you should, but if you want to, you can. And that means you wouldn't get an email, but it has good information. Here's the IP address. Here's the last time it was signed in. Here's the device that it was signed in on. So this is all useful things, especially if, you know, you have an account issue, something comes up, when you want to know. Um, a lot of social media sites do this. A lot of, of course, financial companies do this. a good idea. We have two-factor authentication. Do all these things. It is... It is, it is what it is. Past the way. can't come fast enough. Yeah, it is what it is. So, 
Okay. Um, another reminder, um, and this is on Adafruit Daily though, tomorrow the A IoT Internet of Things Monthly is coming out. So if you go to adafruitdaily.com and sign up for it, this is the newsletter that the IoT, uh, the Adafruit IO team works on. Um, we have this go out through Adafruit Daily. We don't like to have our newsletters on the same site as our store. So that's why we call it Adafruit Daily. It's a completely separate thing because once you sign up for something on a store website, they usually spam you and market to you. We decided we don't want to do that. If you want to see Adafruit stuff and buy Adafruit stuff, you know where to go, adafruit.com. This is just a newsletter. Um, it's sponsor-free, it's ad-free. It's uh, all the cool things that we see every month in the world of IoT, especially things you can make and build. So that is some of our news and updates and more. Let's do some Python on hardware, yeah. Good stuff. Okay, Python on hardware this week. If you go to Adafruit Daily, you can check out our latest. This is the CircuitPython um, themed newsletter and Python on hardware themed newsletter. Um, little bit of uh, reminder. Do today. This is the last day that you can get your requests in if you want to um, get things like, uh, I want this feature in CircuitPython. We'll probably do it. Um, you can go to adafruit.com slash CircuitPython2024. You can email CircuitPython2024 at adafruit.com. Um, there's lots of stuff you can do. Um, all the posts we collected here, um, you can see some of the things that you want to have included. Um, IP over USB support. There's a lot of different projects that people have, and you can see what's interesting to them. So take a look at them, send it in, and uh, we'll probably end up doing it. Um, for, um, if you want to send to you, Adafruit Daily. But we are going to talk about something else this week, later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What did you want to talk about this week? Okay. First off, UBC video is super cool. Um, I think Jepler is going um, on a small break, but we'll be back. Um, but Scott is going to help try to get this merged in. So on the RP2040 right now, we're going to work on other boards, but the RP2040, you can now have your device look like a webcam and you can draw to it. Um, this is cool because now you can like capture images from... Um, uh, an RP2040 chip. Uh, so you could have like a, you know, little DI webcam, but also you could have sensor data that comes in as like a graphical display and then you merge that in with something else and you can pipe that video data or, or grab it or reuse it or whatever. Um, I think it's just neat, you know, we can have, with Teeny USB, we've had, you know, mouse and keyboard, right? That's like the first thing, but then we added MIDI and then we added like disk drive and then we added like generic HID. Um, and other things I can't remember off the top of my head, but other uh, USB devices you, uh, you could act like, but UVC is a standard. We were initially thought that you couldn't do this because you needed to have high-speed USB. Turns out you don't. Um, you can do it with full speed. It's just not as fast, but like CircuitPython doesn't have gigantic display context anyway. So it's like, you know, 240 by 320 and it sends it over and you can see at the bottom that image was drawn by CircuitPython and piped in. So. Um, do some cool stuff. It's also really good for documentation because now we can screen grab um, what uh, CircuitPython is drawing um, through the USB interface. Okay. Neat. And you can check out all the stuff on the newsletter. Um, we had our floppy drive um, preview. Tom's hardware covered it. Yeah. You can take a look there. Um, making a drone using Raspberry Pi and Python. Ultimate list of Python YouTube channels. 
all the things that have something to do with Python and running on hardware. This I thought was cool. Um, so I am seeing more and more people use ChatGPT4 in particular to code in Python. I'll say I do it all the time. I'm just like, oh man, I just need, I'm trying to think like, what was I coding? Oh, like, I'll, you know, I'll have like some code from JavaScript. Like I, there was some internet connectivity code that I found that I had to adapt and it was in JavaScript. I'll be honest, I don't, I haven't written JavaScript in like 10 years. So I used ChatGPT4 and I said, hey, can you port this to Python 4 for me or to Python for me? And um, it actually did a really, really good job. And I just had to do a couple tweaks here and there. But, you know, I think people know that these LLMs hallucinate. They're not 100% trustworthy, but they can definitely shave a lot of time off of porting work or coding work if you want to, like, merge things together. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think it's cool to see people using it and then explain to others, like, hey, here's how to get good results out of these tools. So they're not your eternal savior for any coding issue and they're not the worst thing you've ever seen it's just another tool that you know how to, if you know how to use it uh can help you get your projects off the ground faster all right and that is python on hardware this week get it from native for daily sent to you spam free you don't even need to sign up you can read it on github you can read it on native for daily itself all the different ways let's do some open source hardware news which includes our guides so we need to, let's pop over to learn.adafruit.com. Yes. And we have some new guides. What's on the big board okay. this week? Okay, so there's actually, you know, you're going to see a bunch of the PyTFT stuff get updated. So I will mention this, and you see the little update, there you go, up, updated right there. Um, so Melissa has done an amazing job going through and getting all of our displays for the Raspberry Pi, working with Bookworm and the Raspberry Pi 5, which was not a trivial task. She spent like weeks on this. Um, because all the drivers change and that, like the display manager change, like, you know, getting it just kind of working was one thing, but getting it all working was like non-trivial. Um, so you'll see all the guys have been updated. If you're using Bookworm or the Raspberry Pi 5, um, believe us, we're going through and we're trying to get every piece of hardware working with it. Um, not everything, like I think NeoPixels is still in progress because of the underlying GPIO change. Um, but TFT is definitely working there. Okay, next up, can you click on the Memento camera board, and then scroll down to uh, CircuitPython Memento starter projects, and then scroll, 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 scroll. So we've got um, time-lapse. Uh, this is, and like we, we talked about this, this is from JP. He did um, a guide on using the new time-lapse mode in um, uh, for the Memento camera to make, like you saw, these, this cool yeah. time-lapse. And then also he wrote a page, uh, frames to GIF, on how to take the JPEG images and use EasyGIF to combine it and turn it into an animated GIF for easy viewing because it creates JPEGs, you have to merge them together. And then we also had a guide from Liz on using the Can BFF board. And uh, that's it. Next week's going to be a big guide. Some weeks you can see there's a lot of guides and then some yep. as many. So then the Can BFF guide and the um, new email, the email on uh, new login, um, those yep. guides. And then um, we also have Playground. So you can just click Playground up there. And you can see all the ones from the community yeah. where folks have uh, the space war thing is super cool by the way I, I really dug this so this is a port of like the like the first video game uh to the mag tag uh, yeah. um so check it out the code is 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 there i think it's in circuit python but i'll be honest i didn't actually read the code um but i just love the idea of taking this old old display and, and porting it over um and then yeah we've got this like koozie so I guess this person has a lot of koozies. They yep. have to, to have to store them. So check it out. This is, you know, your free place online where we don't have ads and we don't do any tracking. It's just for you to host your projects and 
you don't have to have anyone log in to see all the steps. They can just look at your projects. No ads. And, um, and uh, do not track is as you said. Yeah, we also respect do not track. Do not track. Yeah, so when we were showing these here, if you did, if you notice, what was, what was the, the um, circuit Python, and then you go down to the GIF. Uh, sorry, the time lapse. The time lapse. Yeah, if you notice, by the way, look, that's what it looks like. You probably don't see this on any website. So we we support do not track. So you have to actually acknowledge, like, oh yeah, YouTube is probably not gonna, um, you know, it's probably gonna want to know more about me. So our site res respects do not track. That's why there's all those warnings. It says, hey, there's there's something else there, but you have to click through. So, anyways, that is our open source hardware of the week this week. Over 2,700 guides, I think. I think we're up to almost 3,000. Um, let's do some factory footage. factory footage let's uh go right to some 3d printing right away uh this week we're going to do a speed up and then we're going to roll right into IMMPI. so let's print it Forget the code is power BFF. All the free stuff, all that stuff. You can get both. Mix and match. It's totally okay. Let's do uh, Iron Guy.
Hi on MPI brought to you by DigiKey. This week is from MPS Lady. What is the new product introduction of the week this week? I'm glad you asked. This is MPS, which we've not done yet. So I'm psyched. I always love it when we have a uh, new company to feature. Uh, MPS makes the MPM 36510 uh, chip, uh, chip DC DC module, uh, which we'll talk about. MPS is that uh, stands for monolithic uh, power systems, which is uh, you might be wondering, like, wow, like like a monolith. Yeah. And the answer is yes. They actually make things that are kind of like rectangular and black. And when you touch them, uh, your designs get much much better. <laughs> like you evolve, I guess. Dun dun. Okay, so uh, yeah, so um, MPS they make um, a lot of stuff. But one of the things that I love them for is their step-down converter modules, and these are all-in-one kind of. They look like chip. They're actually inside. There's an inductor and a chip, and a couple passives, and they make it really, really easy for you to do a power supply that's very compact. So the 3510. When I saw this show up on digikey.com/slash/new, I got excited because actually I was just a couple days ago I was looking for a chip like this. So this is a module that can take. 4.5 to 3.36 uh, volts so like a fairly high voltage input and then bucket down to as little as 0.8 volts to you know 36 volts at 1.2 amp continuous load current and because dc dc there's no heat sink required um it's very compact and the inductor like i said is built in which makes it so tiny and small and easy to use because all you need is a couple passive components so like normally on a buck converter, you would like need, you know, there'd be like maybe a diode or maybe you would be driving a transistor or, you know, this and that, or you need like a feed forward capacitor. All that stuff is taken care of for you. All you need is capacitive input, a capacitor on the output, and then a resistor divider that tells it what voltage you want in the output. Um, I originally saw this uh, series of chips on the Nano Every. Uh, from Arduino, I was like, what is that power supply that they've got there? So, you know, this board needs to be very compact, um, very efficient, and they want a lot of current from their DC-DC supply. So they used an NPM 3610, which is like the earlier version of the 3510, but um, they're very similar. And we also made a breakout for the 3610. Uh, like you said, give it VN up to, this one does 21 volts, the 3510 does up to 36 volts. And you see how compact it is. It's just a resistor divider. There's one extra pull-up resistor and then uh, two big uh, bulk capacitors on the input and output, and you're pretty much ready to go, 1.2 amps output. You can check our design files. They're up on GitHub if you want to use them. But I also noticed uh, DigiKey has a really nice new um, EDA footprint and 3D model page for almost every product. So on the product page, scroll down, look for where it says EDA models, click on it. And, um, you know, this provided through Ultra Librarian and a couple other companies, you can export for whatever your CAD software is. So I use Eagle CAD, but they also have KiCad or CAD, Altium, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the footprint, the symbol, and a 3D model, which is pretty cool because then you can use it if you're, especially if you're making something really small, you're probably going to have to, um, uh, you know, make sure that the height and size of your uh, module doesn't uh, interfere with any other component. Like I said, the layout is super simple. Um, you can do it on a two-layer design fairly easily on a circuit board. You know, I would go with a two-ounce copper if you can. Um, I think I do for the little breakouts just because, you know, it's a fair amount of current. Um, you just have to provide power in and then ground. There's sometimes a couple other extra pins, um, like PG for power good, if you want to have an external LED or, uh, 
I think there's also maybe a pin you can change the the mode for the the buck converter if you want to go from um, like a high current load to a low current mode um, for a, a low quiescent usage. And one of the things that you know because this is a you know it's all integrated. It's really tiny, and I'll show in the overhead how small it is. It's 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 fairly small and very thin. So the way they do that is of course they they have a very small inductor because usually the inductor is like the biggest part of your buffer boost converter, not the chip. The chip is, is trivial um, in size. It's the inductor that has to be big. So to make it big, they have to have a very high frequency for the PWM run rate, which is I think like one-ish megahertz, maybe up to one and a half megahertz, maybe two megahertz. So the higher the frequency, the smaller the inductor, because the smaller the inductance you need for the rated current. However, uh, that also does affect efficiency. So you'll note that it's not bad efficiency. You can get fairly good over 90% efficiency, but you're not going to get like the absolute highest you could get if you're willing to go down to like 400 kilohertz or 500 kilohertz or 750 on some chips I've seen um, and have a really big inductor. That's the trade-off. Personally, you know, I've had no issue with this trade-off, especially if you're not running off a battery or if your battery's big enough that the efficiency isn't going to affect you highly. So, um, for that use case, I don't have an issue, but just be aware, like it is a higher frequency chip, so the efficiency won't be as high. There's a wide family available of up to like 60 amp modules um, from different uh, voltage input ranges. The bigger the module, sorry, the higher the voltage input range, the higher the current output, the larger the module. Um, but you can get as small as the, you know, the MPM 3811, uh, is two by two by 1.6 millimeters. Um, so the family we're talking about here is that I've used is the 3610 and, and 3620. So it's three by five by uh, 1.6 millimeters. So let's look at the overhead real fast and we'll we'll show it in stock. So this is actually the Power BFF, which is actually the product of the week. So you'll see, I wanted to make a board where um, it was a DC-DC converter from this, you know, 12 volt DC jack or terminal block and five volt output at one, you know, 1.2 amps. And to do that, I had to make it this small, like the board size was fixed because it had to fit uh, like so. Hold on. Sure, plug it in. It had to fit in this like 0.7 by, you know, one inch size. And so it turned out that actually I didn't even have the size to put an inductor and a DC converter. And the only way I could make this all work out is to use one of the MPM 3610s, uh, or I'll probably make another version now with a uh, 3510. And then you can see the bulk capacitance and then tiny, tiny little resistor over there that's used uh, to make the um, uh, resistor divider. And then, yeah, there's an enable pin that you can use to, uh, for you know really low power usage, you shut off the um, buck converter all, com all together uh, using these two pads over here. So, uh, you know, I use this series of um, modules all the time. I'm really psyched that they have the 3510 because the only downside of the 3610 is it had that 20 volt max. And I really wanted to have people be able to use it with up to 24 volts. So I'm going to probably revise this design to use the 3510. And the good news is that it's in stock. So I can do that. <laughs> um, pick them up at DigiKey for a couple of bucks, 3510, but then check out the entire family. Um, if you want something very small and very fast, kind of can't beat this series of modules from NPM. And we have a video. The electronics industry is evolving, and these changes will have a big effect on the power design market. 
design solutions can now be integrated into one package, pre-optimized by MPS engineers. MPS power modules integrate the maximum number of components, including the power IC and inductor, while still providing comprehensive flexibility for the designer to tailor to the needs of the application. This provides an even more distinct leap in cost-effectiveness and the highest performance over both discrete designs and other modules on the market. MPS modules create incredible space savings in industry standard packaging. Full integration allows for easy board design and layout, which translates into faster time to market. The MPS power module family offers wide input voltage operation ranges between 2.3 volts and 75 volts, with 0.6 amps to 800 amps of output current, composing the most extensive portfolio of modules on the market. Simplify and accelerate the power design process with MPS power modules. All right, we're going to roll into new products in just a second. Don't forget the code is power VFF. Data is time. Okay, first up. Okay, we've got a revision to our very popular NAU7802. This is a strain gauge analog digital converter chip. Um, and it was STEMIQT compatible, and it's wonderful for sensing uh, you know, strain gauges, but also anything with a Wheatstone bridge. The one thing that I didn't have was pre-soldered in terminal blocks, which it now does. Um, so now it's truly plug and play. You don't have to do any soldering whatsoever because it comes with those lovely terminal blocks pre-attached. You just use a little screwdriver, open them up, and wire in whatever uh, Wheatstone bridge you want and you're ready to rock. So um, a nice little improvement. I think people will like it because STEMIQT is meant to be plug and play. Speaking of making stuff more plug and play, another thing that is now fully pre-assembled is we've got the STEMA rotary encoder, nice words, see seesaw module. Uh, you want to use a rotary encoder or multiple rotary encoders and you don't want to deal with the frustration of timers and uh, checking interrupts and like multiple pins and then you ran out of pins and whatever. These are chainable I2C uh, rotary encoder um, backpacks that allow you to read the switch and the rotary value. Like, you know, if it's rotating freely, it can increment or decrement the value and you can chain them. You have multiple encoders built in. The one thing about this was you had to solder in the encoder, but no longer. We do not live in a world like that. We now live in a world where the encoder comes soldered in already for you. This is the multiverse. Yeah, this is the mo yeah. yeah, this is the multiverse of rotary encoders. No, because it's like it's the whole point of starting QT was to make it so people yeah. can plug and play stuff. So people have been asking us when are you gonna have a version with the encoder plugged in. So the only trade-off is you don't get to pick the encoder. We pick it. It's a PEC eleven compatible with a switch. Um I would uh I would tell people, you know, if you have a special rotary encoder you want with more or less detents or whatever this is, I think 24 uh, detents per rotation and there's a detent field, but if you want non-detent field, you want 12, just grab the version that doesn't have the encoder soldered in and soldered in. Another thing is it doesn't come with a knob. We sell a knob for like a couple cents, pick one up. Or a human hand. Or you can just, you can actually rotate it without the feather. Well, yeah, it doesn't come with the old. We have effect. to show these things yeah. as a demo. Is this a great demo? But sometimes the things in the video like human hands aren't included in your package because if we started sending out human hands, 
in the mail, we'd probably get a visit. I can get you a tow by like Friday. I can get a tow by 10 p.m. tonight if I wanted to. Oh, yeah? Okay, next up. Next up, we got a 12-pack of black linear kale switches. Um, we got these for a special kit we made with the macro pad. We had a bunch left over. If you have a macro pad, which has 12 buttons, because it's a 3 by 4 grid, and you're like, I don't want the red, <clears throat> the red linears. I want the black linears. Um, congratulations. You can now pick up a pack of these uh, black linears. Uh, we have them in a 10 pack as well if you're, you don't want 12. But like, I always feel bad. People are like, I have a macro pad. I need 12. But you only sell them packs of 10, six hot dog buns, eight hot dogs. I don't know. Now we have a 12 pack. Okay. Next up. Uh, today we got from Pim Maroney uh, their new NVMe base. Very exciting. I know that there's been a lot of people making these uh, PCIe to M2 adapters. I have not designed one yet. Maybe I will one day. Uh, but for now, uh, pick up this one from Pim Maroney. They did a beautiful job. It goes under your Raspberry Pi 5. Does not work with any other. Only works with the Pi 5 because it has that PCIe uh, port. And then uh, with a little uh, noodly cable, you connect it up and then you can plug in an SSD drive, which is apparently like eight times faster than an, uh, the micro SD card. Like they're, it's an SSD, it's really fast. And it goes over the uh, differential PCIe port. So um, really great if you wanna make a, um, you know, network storage, streaming, something, something, data logging, video playback, and you want um, faster speed than even, you know, an Evo Pro microSD uh, card, uh, the NVMe base is your way uh, at SSD. Okay, the start of the show tonight, so you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers, everyone who helps make the world a better place through showing and sharing all their smarts, it's open source world, at least parts of it is this yes it's the power bff it's coming soon we didn't quite get all the demos uh in but i thought we would at least highlight if people could sign up um to just chat about this on inpi but this is a board that lets you have 5 to 12 volt dc input and it will let you plug in your shower or qd pi board on top um, you also have a terminal block, which you can use to get that power out, or you can have power come in from you know, the terminal block if you have a battery pack. Um, and it features the NPM 3610, so it's a DC-DC buck converter, so it's very efficient, and it'll give you a nice clean 5-volt 1.2 amps out. I'll be honest, I actually got 1.5 amps out when I did my load testing, but it's weighted for 1.2. Um, and then there's little mounting tabs, because if you're going to plug it into a DC jack, you, you, know, you want to have some mechanical strength. Um, so the version you'll get in the shop, you know, you see has these four little mounting hole legs and you can break them off if you want it to be more compact. Um, and then I'll show just the prototype real fast. And next week we'll have like a, like a bigger, better demo. Um, but this is, uh, my prototype before I added the legs. Uh, you can just plug into the DC power here. Maybe I yeah, can plug in here, see if this will work. And then boom, now it's running CircuitPython. It's blinking. Oh focus yeah and uh you can do um like this is i think a nine volt um but you know we want to do some projects where we wanted to uh power the um cutie pie from like a car or from um a dc or battery pack where you wouldn't necessarily get five volt clean um so this will uh, convert it down to five volts for you so it's coming soon but you can sign up and we'll have in the shop maybe later in this week that's what New, 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 new.
Alright, and thanks for the folks who are lining up your questions in Discord. We're going to get to those just in a few moments. We're going to do some top secret, and Lady A is going to talk about that. So let's do top secret, and then we'll start doing some questions, and we're out of here. Okay, this week's top secret video, um, I'm going to zoom in and zoom out a bit, but maybe you can talk about what's going on. This is from the Memento camera. Yeah. Okay, so this is Brent, and uh, he does a lot of IoT stuff. And one thing he's really interested in is the ESP32-S3 apparently has the ability to do, like, facial recognition built in um, using, you know, like, the core um, and uh, WISC-V, uh, you know, WISC-V coprocessor or something, or maybe, like, the, the second core on the S3. And so, unfortunately, it's Arduino-only, it's not CircuitPython, but Brent was able to... Um, compile this code, the demo worked on like a web browser, but he got it working so that it works live on the Memento. So as it's previewing uh, through the camera, it can detect if you see a face and it can detect a particular face as well. So you can like say, hey, recognize my face in the future. And it does like a fair job of saying like, oh yeah, I detected Brent again. So um, we're going to have this, I think it just got working like this morning. Um, we're going to write up a guide for it and it's coming soon. All right. And that's our top secret for the week but i wanted to show this one off now lady is talking about because i was like this is really cool brent made a video i'm like we're going to show this off yeah that's top secret okay we're going to roll right into questions we have a bunch of lined up thank you everybody okay some in there okay hi there any recommended resources for designing esp32 boards things like esd production usb voltage regulation to 3.3 volt etc using dev kit schematic as a reference but curious if there is anything more comprehensive yeah the, the dev kit schematics are very good I, i'll say there's one thing about esp boards that you know because i follow the um application guides or the uh data sheets is you just have to watch out that there's a lot of pins that are special and you don't know what pins are special because they don't really call them out that well. Um, so some pins are not actually available because they're used as like the PS RAM chip select, or if you're using Octal PS RAM, like those pins are used. Or some have internal pull-ups and you can't have them pulled low or pulled high during boot. So I think, you know, honestly, the, the modules themselves are, as long as you provide them fairly good power, like they kind of run on their own. That's not the tough part. Um, the tough part is making sure that you don't accidentally use pins for capabilities that they should not be used for. Um, also, like some pins are inputs only and they're not outputs. And some you can't use the AD, ADC when the Wi-Fi is on. So there's a lot of these like edge cases. And I don't know of a place where they're all documented. You kind of have to figure it out on your own. They're in the data sheet, but they're just not always where the schematic is at. It's like okay. in a separate section. Good advice. Um... For our two-factor authentication, someone says we use, yeah, if you use Authy, it's dead simple. Thank you. I love Authy. Good. Yeah. Uh, thank you for letting you know, everyone know. It is super easy, and you should do it. It's better than SMS. Um, next up. Is there a timeline for the 8 frame Memento camera enclosure kit? I'm so nervous that since the TFT isn't uh, you know, on there, super secure, I'd like to make a cover, but I'm not that good with a router. Um, that's on me. I was actually going to work on it this week, and I did not get to it. But I'll, I'll try to get it in um, before the yeah. beginning. The other thing you could do is look at the learn guide that Noah and Pedro did, and they have a 3D yeah. printed case. And you can um, 
the three D model services. You can you can send it online, or you can go to a lo local maker hackerspace. Lots of different choices. But if you're interested in doing that, often with these three D printing services, unless you have something very specific that you know that works, you're probably reluctant to do it. But this does. This could be one you could try. Okay, what's the point of the orange stickers on the standoffs? So uh, through the manufacturing footage that we did, oh, what yeah. are those little orange stickers for? Oh, that's a great question. Those are the pick-and-place uh, pickup stickers. So when you have something like a standoff that's hollow and you have to pick it up with a vacuum, think about it, hollow stuff and vacuums don't usually like go together very well because the vacuum pickup goes and tries to pick it up and the air just mm. sucks right through. So you have to have something that um, is flat and clean but removable easily that the vacuum head uh, can grab onto it and, and pick it up but then later can be easily removed and so you'll often see little capped on stickers also on usb ports uh, you'll see them on the top because there's little slots and holes or hdmi connectors um, you'll see the little uh, capped on pickup tape okay um, on some connectors you'll see a little plastic cap here's a request a nvme hat that also allows you to add stemma and i spy it's not a bad idea. I so I'll be honest. Like I didn't design an NVMe or you know SSD add-on because like kind of like everyone was doing it, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna let everyone like do their thing because I was I was like I was like there's just like way too many cooks. Um, you know, I think that the Pimoni one is really good. I mean, like absolutely grab it. Um, it goes on the bottom, and I also know that Raspberry Pi themselves are making you know NVMe hat. But yeah, if it makes sense, I mean, it's honestly the circuitry is not terribly complicated. Uh, it's like mostly a pass-through and then they need a power supply and some protection circuitry. Not that it's trivial, it's it's just not like a, you're not, you're not designing PCIe from scratch. Um, I might design a hat later. I don't have any plans right now though. Okay. There's a lot of coverage. All right, uh, next up, um, if you were put in charge of the next Espressive chip and a team of pros at your fingertips, what would you want to have? Um, I think lower power Bluetooth is, is, pretty, is pretty key. Um, that's one of the things that makes not like sad, but it's like I would really love if they had the low power that Nordic has for the Bluetooth, which is hard to compete with because they're pros um, versus, uh, uh, you know, the ESP, which has, you know, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, but the Bluetooth, you know, traditionally has not been very low power. Okay. Wi-Fi, the, 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 low, the low power in general on the ESP32 is really, really good. Um, it's excellent, but the blue, once you turn on Bluetooth, it's like the, the power skyrockets a little bit. All right. Tell me if all these things are in one chip or different ones. Um, HDMI, USB, BLE, Wi-Fi. There's nothing that has BLE and Wi-Fi built okay. in, as well as HDMI and USB. There's That's a couple things that can do. Yeah, you can do a couple. I, well, I'll say that I think the P4 has, it might have DSi out um i don't know that the p4 has wi-fi you know what i mean so they're kind of like yeah. let's do this extremely like high gpio chip but it doesn't have wi-fi keep you know built in and i'm assuming later that they'll add it um i mean they added native usb that was a big request and they did it so like like and here's you know. here's another request this is outside my my pay grade though is would it be possible one day for espressive or any chip maker to have either silicon or a ver some type of emulation to do like x86 so you could get like all of the stuff from the past, like DOS running natively on inside or one like, of these things. Yeah, so you know, it's kind of interesting. I think, um, you know, there are some chips that I've seen that have like, you know, FPGA, like you would have an FPGA and a microcontroller built in, and that's where you would have that. You'd have the FPGA run your x86 emulator. Um, I think more, 
more likely though is you know i've seen like you know almost true true to form commodore 64 emulators or apple 2 emulators just because they're slow enough that even a microcontroller can now emulate them like you know i remember the tc i feel, what I feel it? like it's time right like and you get the entire library of software we, we actually, sorry there is an that we uh tech did um get an x86 emulator going on the esp32 but it was just very slow we actually have to boot yeah. windows 3.1 but or windows HDMI out, and you had usb because then you had a keyboard and then you get all yeah. that and then it's like a microcontroller that can be pretty powerful yeah it's i mean it's 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 coming i think like uh you know the IMPI from last week we talked about the stm series of chips that was you know it's a pretty good processor and it has a dsi output and a yeah. lot of the secret is you have to need a lot of ram so this one has like three megabytes of ram so now you're actually talking about like a true you know, computer. Okay, next up. Um, I think this is a request. Featherwing Proto with SemiQt port for use with radio module feathers, or is there another easy way to add a SemiQt port? We do have, um, Spark actually makes a quick Featherwing that we stock, and they did a good job, so I just stock it. Okay. Um, and it gives you four SemiQt quick connectors. Okay, as shown in the top secret with the Mento being able to detect the face, thought uh, on i5 being used with adafruit io for user level notifications maybe learning guide as well thanks to all the things in adafruit io there'll definitely be a guide i you know um i'll let brent know that you want it to integrate with adafruit io i don't know if that was going to be he, he's doing a guide with adafruit io and the camera um but i don't know if it's going to be this one i don't know brent okay it's a mystery but then, he does he's great is there such thing as wireless hdmi dvi there there is but what it does is you have a cable going into like basically a little Linux computer that then grabs the HDMI and then converts it to like Wi-Fi and then streams the signal over Wi-Fi to another device and then it pumps out HDMI. So there's you can get wireless HDMI um, kits, but they do um, compression between. So you're not going to, it's not a pure signal, right? Because there's no way to get that bandwidth um, over Wi-Fi. So instead it's compressed um, video streaming. Um, and there is some lag as well. Uh, okay, and then some folks are talking about ESP32 S3 could do some of the HDMI PMODs from One Bit Squared. Yes, you could do targets. you can do TTL to HDMI, but it's like just yeah, use all your pain that kind of sucks. Like it would be great if it had a, a better built-in peripheral, and you know I think the S3 like it can do video as the RP2040 can, but it's like you really need a lot of RAM. And if you don't have a lot of RAM, and I'm not talking about PS RAM, I mean, like, ideally, even, like, separately banked RAM that's, like, you can use just as your frame buffer. Um, doing it over Octal PS RAM, we, we found you can... It's very hard to get good update rates. Have memzisters become an additional solid-state component? I don't know. Do you use memzisters? I don't use memzisters. So not, not in the desk of Lady Idiot. I think I saw one product that had a memzister in it, but I'm trying to remember what it was. I should never remember. What's the difference between that and like space RAM? Space RAM is just like FRAM. So it's it's hard uh, RAM that can go in space. Yeah, it's basically it's it's just not um, affected by the radiation in space. Whereas memzisters are like it, it's you know, it's a it's a device that can change its resist it's like can save its resistance. You can yeah. set and change it with voltage and current. But um because we've got capacitors and inductors. Resistors, this would be like so they thing. combine the words memory and resistor. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's concept, I think conceptually got like a working like a decade ago, but I don't know that's actually been used. Gonna turn it into a I'll, I'll admit, I'm not 100% like a memzister pro. I could have gotten that wrong. 
Okay, someone in chat might. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I can't wait for and like the like that. Zister fail. Lady Ada oh, does not understand Zisters. With that, is our questions. Thanks, everybody. All. all right, that is our show for tonight, everyone. Thank you so much. I have a little bit of housekeeping here. Power BFF is the code. Don't forget, there's all these free things you can get added to your cart. Um, we'll do one more question that just came in at the last second. Since we have like one more minute, uh, we got a hug report for making the analog switch and 12 volt boost for the work at 18 makers. Thanks, Bill. And then, where do you normally get your symbols and footprints for PCB designs? Or do you I tend to make them myself? Yeah. Although, like I mentioned, DigiKey now has um, this EDA download. I'll, I'll admit, I take those and I tweak them because the footprints are usually fairly good. Um, the symbols are don't don't look the way I like. I like symbols to be ordered a certain way, and you know, they, there's no way they're gonna get those perfect. They usually do I think in a logical order, and I like it. Not logical, but like a numeric order, pin order. And I prefer to do it in, um, I prefer to group like all the grounds together and have one pin instead of having like ground one, ground two, ground three. And also I like to have like, you know, the ports and the enables and settings in, in different little chunky groups. Okay. Well, that's everything for tonight. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, whether it be live or watching it somewhere else later. Um, we very much appreciate it. Once again, the code is PowerBFF. It's Thank you for your support, everybody. Open source hardware company. Um, We're not IPOing. Not anytime soon. So we um, we could use the help. This has been Native Fruit Production. Here is your moment of Zener. Good night, everybody.